Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Everybody to episode 70 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Grant the Smiling Tiger Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Good, Phil. Um, you always keep me guessing on what you are what my uh, nickname's going to be. So well, I mean you're just especially smiley today, and so I thought that was appropriate. Thanks, Phil. Looking like a tiger. Okay. Rare. I'll I'll take that. <laughs> Uh, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, and we have been reviewing uh, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, and the Falcon and Winter Soldier show of late, and uh, I think going into next week, uh, we failed to f- come up with a movie. We might just do that on the fly, or we might hit pause and figure it out, and then let you know at the end, uh, but uh, yeah, we've been, we're going to be covering every episode of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Hopefully, you tuned in for that. And then also the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But before we do that, we wanted to get into uh, news of the week. We like to do this every week, kind of cover, look at some Disney Plus news and uh, peruse that news and see what's uh, what's valuable to talk about. And uh, to be honest, like I think it was, was it last week or the week before we had like three news articles? Because mm-hmm. there was just a ton of news that came out yep. that week. This is kind of the opposite week. And we had like more days in this, like between yeah. <laughs> recording days. This week to come up with with um, with news stories, but um, the really the biggest thing I, I think over the last week has been the the Loki trailer, mm-hmm. the new one that dropped. So yeah, um, what do you think? Two and a half minutes or so, we got a yeah. pretty good feel for what um, it is. It looks exciting for sure. Um, you of course um, get the oh, I love that Owen Wilson's in it. Oh, it's great. Yep, he's awesome. Um, I'm excited for that, and uh, you kind of get the mischief, of course, from Loki. Yeah. Um, You definitely get the feeling that they really need his help, but um, he's kind of going to be Loki, and you never know when he's going to turn around and stab you in the back, and then um, we'll just see what happens. But my personal favorite part of that trailer was whenever Loki had to sign the documents over <laughs> everything he said. And then he literally says something, and then the paper comes down, and it says what he just said. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so I'm not I'm not super familiar with this, this organization. They're called the Time Variance Authority. Um, they All I know about them, and you can, you can get this much from the trailer, is, is basically they like are like, 
um, the po- police of like the various timelines that are mm-hmm. out there, and their their kind of their goal is to basically shut down the ones that are deemed da- too dangerous to exist. Yeah. Um, and whenever there's like a major split in timelines where one timeline splits into a dozen, they obviously pay great attention. And so they've been watching everything that's been happening, especially around the infinity war saga movies and all the time travel that went on there. Mm-hmm. And Loki obviously stealing the, the Tesseract yeah. and like, you know, going, you know, rogue and stuff like that, uh, creating other, who knows how many other, uh, variants on time. They're basically like coming into, fix what everyone broke and I guess Loki was the only one they could arrest <laughs> apprehend to like help them yeah. with this <laughs> so yeah but I mean I definitely think it's going to be exciting um there's going to be a lot of action in it it appears and I think it's going to be really good yeah I always like um is it Hiddleston Tom, yep. Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. I always like Tom Hiddleston. He's always the funniest to me when he thinks he's being really clever, but then someone outsmarts him yeah. and he's he's left looking sheepish. I, that's that's to me is like when he's at his funniest. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he looks. Um, this looks like they're just giving Tom just free reign to like mm-hmm. do whatever he wants. Like Loki's always been, I think, a fan favorite through the movies and stuff like that, but hasn't necessarily been given a ton of screen time. Like we've we've he's we've definitely give, seen him in you know have more screen time in some movies than others yeah but it's been a while and when he has been on most recently i don't feel like we've really gotten a lot of his character and mm-hmm. so like this is like i mean who knows have they publicized how many episodes uh i want to say they said six but i could be wrong about that it could be more i'm looking at our friend jerry's um calendar <laughs> thing that he gave us uh let me see if i can find it um, yeah, it's, uh, okay. Yeah, here it is. Oh, it's pretty short. Yeah. Six episodes. So yeah, it'll run from May 21st to June 25th. Um, okay. so yeah, like in spot inside of five weeks, we'll, we'll have all six episodes. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good length for that. Um, this is what's a little confusing to me is that like we're, we're getting what if later, um, mm-hmm. in the year that's coming in July and August and that's going to be 10 episodes, um, of what if and the what if series if you haven't looked it up or you know i think we talked about it but it was a long time ago is basically um you know what if this happened what if that happened and like you basically take a a a key event in the marvel history the marvel timeline as we know it in mcu change one thing and then watch the butterfly effects ripple out from there um and that kind of looks like what this show is as well so like i am I'm, I'm i'm very intrigued that we're getting both in the same year like we're yeah. getting a loki show involving multiple realities and then a what if show that explores the idea of other realities mm-hmm. and how they're going to make those different but and i would assume loki will probably have some sort of tie-in to the what if series yeah i'm guessing it won't be the last time we see him I almost wonder if the What If series is kind of um, helmed by the TVA, the Time Variance yep. Authority, like um, that they are like the ones presenting this show to this audience type okay. of thing. Yeah. Um, kind of not quite WandaVision, but kind of similar to that. So, yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see. So, um, so yeah, we uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier wraps on April 23rd. Then April 30th, we get the making of that show. Then it, what it was supposed to be was may 7th black widow mm-hmm. and may 14th making a black widow um they didn't move loki up did they 
I didn't look at the date on that. No, I don't think so. So we'll have two weeks actually of, of break, like just no Marvel, which I'm actually okay with. <laughs> like, yeah. Give us a chance to breathe for a couple weeks, and then and then we'll come back in um, in late May, May 21st for for Loki. So that'll be good. And that means we'll get we'll get Black Widow around the same time that we're getting other Marvel stuff. So mm-hmm. like we'll be watching that movie as well as Marvel TV shows at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was thrilled with the trailer, man. Like I, I was already hyped for it just because Tom Hiddleston is so great and that character is so awesome. And I knew that it was going to be about him, like you know, gallivanting through space time and stuff like that. But I didn't know that the TVA was going to be involved, and I didn't know that he was. He's basically like under arrest. Like he's um, it's 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 not quite like um, oh, what's the uh, DC where, where all the the bad guys are the heroes? Um, suicide Squad. Yeah, it's not quite quite Suicide Squad, but it is essentially that. Where like he's not a good guy but he's kind of playing the good guy for six episodes and it'll be interesting to see how he tries to like thwart them even while helping them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to assume he's going to be up to some shenanigans. You would guess. <laughs> so cool. Uh, I, I think we're all pretty excited about that and we won't have to wait too much longer for it. It looks like. All right. Um, we're going to get into, we're going to do two reviews this week. Um, Mighty Ducks Game Changers episode two and the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three. We're going to do Mighty Ducks first. Um, so I guess if you're listening to this, you don't care too much about Mighty Ducks. Just jump forward a little bit, and uh, and we'll do the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier on the second half of the episode. I think next week we're going to do, if we can find the time, I think what we're <laughs> going to try to do, listeners, is do a Mighty Ducks review, a Falcon and Winter Soldier review, and then also a movie review. So you're getting some longer episodes coming up. Uh, which would be great for you and uh, tiring for us, but it'll be fun. Uh, and we, we wanted to get back to movies. It's been a long time since we've done one. Done one so, yeah, so, that'll be exciting for sure. Yeah. So just, but just the TV episodes uh, this week, and then we'll get into some some other stuff next week. Um, I've been. T- I feel like I've been talking a lot, Grant. You just launched into Mighty Ducks. So Mighty Ducks episode two, uh, called Dusters. Is that yep. right? Dusters. What is that a reference to? <laughs> I don't know what a duster is. I didn't even think about that until right now. I don't even really know. Um, Dusters. I'm looking it up. Maybe. What is a duster? That they stink? I don't know. Um, But basically, uh, where we start is they're about to have their first practice. And... Um, Evan really doesn't know what he's going to get at all. And I don't really think Alex has a huge plan. Um, she's definitely taking this, um, to the next level about not caring about, uh, or just trying to have fun. That's definitely her approach. And you can definitely tell that from the first practice because they, Basically, I mean, it's like get to know you icebreaker type games <laughs> and they don't, they literally barely even take the ice at this first practice. So Evan is just kind of not about it whatsoever. He spends most of the episode like beside himself. Like he yeah. can't believe what his mom is doing. <laughs> and like he even like goes uh, over to Gordon and just begging for some help and of course we're still getting Gordon where he's not interested in helping whatsoever and um, 
his by the way his ambivalence to the whole thing is just so funny to me yeah i like i I really like his character a lot and i mean i feel like which i knew eventually he's going to help the team but i almost feel like they're trying too hard at this point yeah i mean make him seem aloof like yeah because obviously he's interested yeah um the scene is kind of comical when they're playing their first game and he keeps opening and shutting the curtain yeah (laughs) or the blinds and um for the most part it was a short episode for sure yeah and i kind of wish they wouldn't have shown the game like just start the next episode yeah with it so um but I mean, Nick, I would definitely say Nick is turning into the star of the show. Yeah. I mean, every time you're always waiting to hear what Nick has to say. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much that I took away from it. Um, it, it was very short. I, I want to come back to that. I, I, I was a little confused by its running time, actually. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, you're on Disney plus you don't have to conform to any kind of time frame. Like, you know, WandaVision, we saw, you know, 25 minute episodes and we saw 50 minute episodes. It's just mm-hmm. whatever they want to do, they do it. And so it, they could have, I mean, they have unlimited time. It's streaming, um, to, to do this episode. And they chose specifically, it's like 27 minutes without the credits. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's, it was a little interesting to me that they didn't want to say more with this episode. And I almost wonder if that's because they're trying to keep episode each episode to a, a unique theme. Yeah. And the theme of this one to me was that, you know, if you're going to like improve, like you have to play, like you, yeah. it's not, it's not about she, like Lauren Graham's character. Alex is like all about like, you know, team bonding and getting, you know, let's get to know each other and let's, you know, be one and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's helpful. But like, I mean, you have to learn how to play. Like, mm-hmm. so that, like the whole episode was kind of about that. Yeah. Like, She's kind of just like, yes, let's gather around the campfire and we're going to just <laughs> sing Kumbaya and talk about our feelings. And, um, but like, as we talked about earlier, Evan just wants nothing to do with it. He wants to get out there and, because obviously he's still hurt from being cut by the ducks. Yeah. And he's excited that he's on a team. But, I mean, his dream is to play hockey. Yeah. And um, obviously they are awful. They're beyond awful. Like, yeah. I mean, they're not even Mighty Ducks awful Like yeah. from, from the very first first movie. I mean, I would say that they're both probably equal as bad um i don't know like coob was like not even trying to stop the puck like, oh, that, that, was, just... that was pretty humorous and he's uh, like i am a wall i am not a wall and he doesn't even move his feet whatsoever yeah he's almost like asleep out there yeah and then they're just obviously just getting their brains beat out of them well the the very first part i know we're jumping to the end of the episode but like the very first um uh, face off is that what they call yep. it? The very first fa- face off of the game to start the game, there's a goal scored within like two seconds or something yeah. like that. And the girl even makes a comment about it on the podcast. Yeah, the, the fastest goal in <laughs> in, in uh, pee wee hockey history or something. And like it's just kind of 
at this point. Uh, I mean, next week's episode, they play the Ducks, and obviously they're just going to get smoked, demoralized, and then um, you got to think that his friend from the Ducks will be joining them shortly. The girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they keep showing her like she has a very short scene in this episode, but yeah, they're they're showing you they're showing her to you over and over again because obviously she's going to be part of the team yeah. at some point. But I mean, there really wasn't too much to unpack with this episode. I I think the the biggest scene in the episode was not even the game for me. I like what was the most interesting to watch was how like their one of their main goals in this episode was to get equipment to use. Oh yeah. I, I forgot about that scene. <laughs> the heist, the whole, I mean, it's like essentially kind of a, yeah. I mean, it's a really dumb heist, but I mean, yeah. it, was, it was pretty humorous. <laughs> uh, the whole Logan basically like flirting with the, it was kind of weird. The like secretary or yeah. front desk lady. I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little uncomfortable in that scene because she goes like Gaga over this like yeah. <laughs> underage boy. This but. like 12 year old. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, that was, that was interesting for sure. And I mean, it's so funny because I mean, they're, they're going after the lost and found of the mighty ducks. And this stuff is like really nice. Oh, it's, it's, it's their leftovers. It's the yeah. stuff that no one came back for. I mean, but compared to what they had, this stuff yeah. is like gold. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, um, even, uh, Alex, as she's walking down, she's like, Oh, size nine, just my, just for me. Whatever. Yeah. She grabs a couple skates. Like, yeah, these skates are like, I mean, like one of the kids even says like, this is brand new. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, um, I think a key moment, something that will ob- very obviously come back maybe in the next episode is, um, Evan finds his own stick. Yeah. Like it's like his lucky stick that he mm-hmm. had when, back when he was playing with the ducks and he thought he had lost it forever. Yeah. And I guess it's been lost and found, but yeah, it's like his lucky stick that has like a piece of tape still wrapped around. And he's like, this is mom, this is my stick. And, uh, and for him, that's like a shining light moment. Like, Hey, maybe this is a sign from the universe that, that things could work out here. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the other takeaway I would say is, one of the big scenes, at least one of the big scenes that they try and push across is that Gordon hasn't lost his love of the game. Yeah. Yeah, you see that through the blinds and stuff like that, but then that big scene at the end. Yeah. And, I mean, you obviously know it's coming, but, I mean, just to see it is exciting, of course. And some of my favorite parts um, of this show are when they play the like Mighty Ducks theme song basically in the background. Yeah. Cuz if you listen really carefully, it's usually it usually comes around uh whenever there's like a key scene. And um I would definitely just say and it's kind of true for movies, TV. Um there's so much you can get from like background music and I think it's one of the most beautiful things about TV and movies is the music. Cause sometimes you, we forget so much about, uh, the music, but I mean, in this, obviously it just gives you chills because you're going back to the old mighty ducks and you definitely know it's going to be like a key moment when you hear that music. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's something that like if you're if you're watching if this is the first time you've ever seen anything called Mighty Ducks, mm-hmm. you'll have a good time. But if you've if you're if you've grown up with these movies and you know the themes, like the musical themes and some of the characters like Gordon and stuff like that, it means so much more. Like you're yeah. really picking up on on some some stuff. So yeah, um, I loved that scene, the the high scene. It was it was really funny to me. Um, Sam is like acting a fool as they're trying to like get equipment and like he thinks like he's supposed to make noise or cause a distraction. They're like, no, like that's if things are going bad. <laughs> things are going yeah. really well. So um, yeah, I liked that. Um, I want to say a word about Lauren Graham. I, I am not, I'm not digging on her as much in this episode <laughs> as I was in the first episode. In the first episode, she was, um, uh, you know, kind of adorkable, you know, kind of to use that word that's yeah. been used for like new girl and other things. But like, she's kind of got that, that attraction, I think in the first episode in the second, second episode, I'm already starting to get a little weary of it and I'm getting a little worried about that. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that it's really going to, she's really going to kind of grate on my nerves by the end of the, of the series. But, um, she's not, She's not. I don't think she's a bad actress. I was. I was talking to uh, Jack, uh, host emeritus of, of this show, and um, he was talking about how like um, he just can't stand. Like Lauren Graham is like the the actress that he cannot stand <laughs> to watch. I, I I don't know that I go that far, but I definitely see where he's coming from, and I'm starting to feel it a little bit too. Even after only two episodes, I think. I'm a little bit more positive on her in the sense that like, I think she could still turn things around and yeah. really make me like her, maybe even love her by the end of the series. But as, as for right now, I'm like, I'm, I'm honestly almost as annoyed with her as Evan is. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what they do with her character. I'm interested to see what, how much of a role Gordon plays in coaching the team going forward. I don't see him ever like replacing her, but he is clearly going to come at least alongside her, if not make her like assistant coach or something like that. And I think that might be a more, a more enticing show for me to watch. Now the the kids, I feel completely opposite about, they are awesome. And I want to know all there is to know about these kids. Like I'm, I'm all in on who they are. So I love the trust puck scene. Like at the, at the beginning, like you really get to with just like, Disney's brilliant at this, so they're writers, but like with four lines, you give a character four lines and it tells you so so much about that person. Um, So like Sam is talking about how he has no spleen. He's like, no, seriously, I'm a mess inside. (laughs) Maya says she can zero in on someone's weakness and she's even talking about it during the heist. Lauren is the the nerdy D&D kind of girl and she's like, I used to have a crippling fear of death, but now I'm at peace. (laughs) Like she's super weird, super eerie. I love that. Coob is is like he's almost like matrixy in his in his spiritual belief. He's like we're all just a bunch of zeros and ones, like living out this virtual simulation. Yeah. Evan Evan's very you know one note like I just love hockey, but obviously being you know essentially the main character, like you can kind of forgive that for now. Uh, Logan talks about how he loves dogs and his parents are getting a divorce. And oh, uh, by the way, I also love cats. And then Nick says, I have two moms on the inside. that look like Logan, but maybe just a little taller. <laughs> so I love that. I mean, we got like, you know, 10 seconds, maybe, yeah. maybe 15 at the most on each character. And it was cool. Like, I was like, okay, I, I'm, I feel like I'm getting to know these kids and I want to, you know, feel like I'm a part of the team and, and they're, I think they're take, they're doing a pretty good job taking me along with that. Yeah. And, um, I would just going off what we talked about with Alex, um, 
Yeah, I'm kind of getting to the point with her as well. Because at least when... Um, and this is probably one of my biggest beefs with my Ducks Game Changers so far. Because um, when we got Gordon, at least he knew hockey. He had been around hockey. He just hated hockey. With her, she's so oblivious to anything hockey. Yeah. And it's just like, how much longer can we do this where the team already sucks and now they have an incompetent coach? Yeah. I think, so let's, I want to speak to that by addressing what the very last scene in the episode, which is Captain Evan essentially saying, we just lost the game, but guess what? We're going right back out onto the ice to run laps. Yeah. And I think that's setting up a third episode for where Alex is really backseat driver. Like for the most part, Evan is the coach. He just on paper can't be the coach, but he is essentially the coach of the team going forward and how she's basically just going to be the the person writing checks and signing documents, you know? So yeah, I think that's to me that's where the where the show is going is they're, yeah. they're going to essentially make him the coach. And I mean, that was very like Mighty Ducks esque, where they have a bad game and then they have that moment where the game's not over. We're g- going to practice now. Yeah. Um, Gordon continues to be really funny to me. I I love his little comments about like. Uh, he says, I set fire to every piece of hockey equipment in this place. Yeah. <laughs> he bought the, the ice palace and literally <laughs> took all the hockey equipment and just like set up a bonfire in the back parking lot. I love it. It's he's so great. He's so cynical. And I, yep. I love that. Like it's in any other character, like uh, he's very Scrooge like, yeah, but in any, for sure. any other movie, that person would be the enemy. And in this one, it's like, because I know Gordon so well from the movies, I'm just like, I kind of get this guy. Like I understand him. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah, I think one of the, I'm going to, with each episode, I like to kind of pick out like a few key lines, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the big ones in this one was, you know, from the very beginning of the episode and really from the beginning of the series, it's all been a, been about like Alex is all about how playing sports should be fun. And like what happened to kids just playing a sport just for fun. Like they don't have to, it doesn't have to be a career, you know, and they feel that, and obviously the don't bothers are are very much in line with hey let, let's just go out there and have fun. <laughs> We're yeah, not going to win with us for sure. So, but like at the end of the episode, when they lose whatever it is twenty five to zero, it's like fifteen to zero at one point. Evan looks at the team there. I think they're still in the locker room, and he and he, he goes, you know what? Getting your butt kicked that bad isn't fun at all. Yeah, and. And so, yes, they, they are going to go out there. They want to have fun. But at the same time, like, even if they don't win, they don't want to just get slaughtered. Like, that's not fun. If you've ever been a part of a team that just got, like, run over yeah. by another team, the Cardinals, they played the Cardinals. They're not even the best team that's in the yeah. Pee Wee League. They're about to play the Mighty Ducks and get creamed. And that's going to get old at some point or that they're going to give up entirely or whatever. So, obviously, they're going to do something to enable, in the next episode, to enable them to have more fun. And, and ob- obviously, get- when they play the Ducks, it, the Ducks are going to take it to a whole new level, too. Yeah. Because, essentially, we've talked about this. The Ducks are the bad team. Yeah. And they've they've been they've made a big deal in both episodes about full contact. Yeah. Like this is like, the, the league has changed. And now, even in 12 to 14 Pee Wee, 
it's full contact. So like, I mean, the ducks obviously are bigger, stronger, better skaters yeah. and they're just going to mow them down. And so I, I'm interested to see how they, what they do in the episode three, that's different than episode two. Cause I think if they play another game and they just get cream 27, zero, I'm going to be like, okay, where, where's this going? You know, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? So, but yeah, I, it's, to me, episode two is a little bit weaker of an episode. I, the, the, I thought the premiere was really strong. Yeah. Like really good. Like way better than I expected. And I don't know. I, I didn't think my expecta- expectations were super high for this one, but it, it honestly went a little bit lower even than my expectations on this one. Um, I didn't come away disliking the episode, but I was kind of like, okay, that I, I just felt like we're passing from one episode to the next yeah. here. And I didn't have a whole lot to hang my hat on. It was just, you know, a few key moments like yeah. they got equipment and they played the first game. You know? I mean, I would say one thing that we just have to keep in mind is we are getting 10 episodes of this. Yeah. So there will be episodes like this Yeah. where we don't come away with a lot of information. Yeah. It's a long game thing. It's it's not if you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be over in two or three hours of content. No, they're going for double that. Like it's yeah. it's going to be a long a longer uh, story to tell. So, yeah, cool. Um, all right, I, I knew that discussion was going to be a little shorter. It's a, a pretty short episode, so there wasn't as much to talk about on that one. Uh, let's jump into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three called the power broker which i think is a little odd of a term um hopefully you've seen the episode we're about to spoil it <laughs> but um it, it, we don't see the power broker at yeah. all he's mentioned a couple times he's his name's up on a wall at one point but uh we're still kind of learning like who is this power broker we don't really even know if it's a he or a she if it's someone we've seen already or someone we've never seen and yeah the episode's called that so that's yeah that's a little interesting to me but i don't know that i would have called it that but um yeah what are your, what are your overall thoughts on the episode? I mean, I would definitely say that the biggest question, obviously, is who is the power broker at this time? Yeah. Um, and even, I haven't really read many articles, if any, on this show. Because um, I've kind of just, after WandaVision, <laughs> I kind of just steered clear of them. And honestly, I don't yeah. think I've read one Like besides just like titles. And that's kind of, um, there was one article that I saw the headline for, and um, it was, is the power broker somebody we've already seen? Yeah. And I would have to venture, it probably is Mm. somebody we've seen, just because there's so little time left. We only have three episodes left. Yeah, we're literally halfway through the, the season. But, I mean, WandaVision also introduced Agatha with like two episodes left. So, I mean. I think when you really think about it, unless the bad guy gets away during a fight, which they could do that. They could could show us the power breaker. There's a big fight in episode four and he or she gets away and then then they have to fight him him or her again in the final episode. But like, I mean, once you get to the big fight, the season is over at that point. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't much story to tell, you would think, after the big fight. So, yeah, I, I do kind of hope that we see the power broker before episode six. Like, that would make me kind of mad. But I feel like we're on the verge of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to see, at least by the end of episode four. I think yeah. I think we probably will see who at least who this person is, even if it's a shadowy kind of figure. But, I mean, the thing that I have always gone back to on the show, even in episode one, which we weren't very impressed with, um, is the action, the quality of the action. Yeah. It literally, I can't 
help but keep repeating this. It's just like a movie. Yeah. It's just like a Marvel movie that we're getting. Yep. Because, I mean, first... It's, you- it's better than anything you've seen on television. Like, yeah. I, I'm telling you, go back. I love 24. You love 24. Yeah. But go back and watch the action scenes from the from 24 if they don't look like this. Yeah. Like, it's the, the choreography, the theatrics, it's, it's all like movie level quality yeah. it's great from like zemo breaking out of prison that yeah. scene was great to us getting sharon carter and her action scene Dude, sharon freaking carter in this yeah. in this, this episode i thought i thought when we finally got sharon carter it would be uh, she's just there to provide information mm-hmm. talk to them for a little bit hey let's go to dinner i've got some you know some intel Dude, she kicks butt oh, yeah. in this episode. And For sure. it's not even close. Like, there's like 20 guys. Almost all of yeah. them are male. And she is wrecking them one at a time. It was awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, um, we didn't get a whole lot of Flag Smashers. And we didn't get a whole lot of Captain America. Yeah. But we, I don't feel like we needed it in that this episode but you had to know an episode with zemo like zemo is gonna take over yeah <laughs> like and i'm glad he, i'm glad he did i zemo is a very interesting char- character yeah. to me and i mean i i find i kind of i mean maybe he is the power breaker or power broker yeah maybe he is you'd never know because i mean they're they go along in the whole episode and he's kind of um He's kind of doing his thing. He's going along with what their, what uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier want him to do. But then it's kind of like Loki. He's always a wild card as well. Because he's also after um, his own agenda as well. Yeah. I, I think, and I think Loki, that's a very good comparison. I, I ne- had never thought about that before, but Loki and Zemo are very similar. Yeah. Um, to me, both of them, and we saw it a lot in this episode with Zemo, he, he's all about sleight of hand. Like, mm-hmm. you think he's going left, but he's going to juke right. Like, yeah. he, you can never be sure that you know what Zemo's motive is or mm-hmm. what he's tr- even trying to do in a scene. Like, and I love that about him. I, I love that he's always keeping the audience guessing. And yeah. Loki's very similar to that, too. Um, yeah. Uh, man, from the very beginning, like, and they introduced him pretty early in the episode. And they obviously go into like um, uh, what he knows about Hydra and Winter Soldier goes in there alone to talk to him and stuff like that. But for me, one of the funniest and one of the greatest scenes in this entire series so far has been when Winter Soldier is like, I've got a hypothetical situation for you. <laughs> and then- let's, let's say... <laughs> Let's say we break him out of prison. Let's say we do this. Well, let's say we cause a distraction. Let's say the fire alarm gets pulled. Let's say and like all these things and you're seeing it play, play yeah. out in real time. And then, and then he's like, wait a second, you're, you're going into great detail about this. Did this already? And then like Zemo just comes out and he's like, Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was really good storytelling. Like I, I not, not seen something like that done. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was done very well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and we got to see Zemo really fight in mm-hmm. in this episode. Which, I mean, I just watched Civil War. He doesn't. He's he's very in the shadows in the background. He's setting chess pieces in motion, but he's mm-hmm. not actually doing the actual motion himself. In this one, he's like legit. Like 
like taking people down in the yeah. pri- in the prison and stuff like that. So he, like he can handle himself in a fight. He's not necessarily like he does. He lets other people do the shooting for him for the most part, like mm-hmm. when they get into shootouts and stuff. But I mean, he is also firing his gun and like getting a piece of yeah. the action. So I definitely feel like at least from civil war, you kind of got this thing where, I mean, yeah, his mind is great and that's what makes him such a great villain. But you're kind of like, well, if he went head-to-head with one of these Avengers, <laughs> he'd get his butt kicked. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was nice to see him kind of handle his own, like yeah. we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got to see the Baron part of him, which was very interesting from the comics. Or if you grew up watching Marvel TV, sh- uh, like animated shows and stuff like that, you know Baron Zemo is like a literal Baron. Like he's he's kind of Tony Stark, like, like unlimited wealth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He, 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 they break him out of prison and they go to his, per, like his private jet. Yeah. And he's got like a Butler that's like, you know, like Alfred basically. That's basically been waiting for him to get out of jail. Yeah. He's like, he's like champagne, sir. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this guy's loaded. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, that was cool to watch too. But yeah. Um, and then they go to, oh. Uh, What's the town called? Oh, Madripoor? Madripoor. Dude. So it, awesome. Yeah. And then the whole thing with like the snake. Yeah. And Dude, the smiling Okay, so the smiling tiger section in the bar was also just equally yeah. fascinating for me to watch. Like I I love like he's he's playing a role, but he doesn't really know much about this guy. So he's saying almost nothing. Like he's Sam I mean Sam is Sam is a chatterbox until he has to be in this kind of situation. This is not his scene. Like he, like he does not play the role uh, very well, but you know, the bartender's like, Oh, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're usual. (laughs) He like cuts open a snake and put, I don't even know what he put in that drink, but I'm not, would you, would you drink that? Oh no. (laughs) I mean, if my life was on the line, maybe. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's essentially, but I mean, I wouldn't even like, I would just, um, drink and swallow. Yeah. And that'd be it. <laughs> I wouldn't even try and have the taste in my mouth. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I really liked how Zemo posed, um, poised Winter Soldier as like the muscle. Yeah. Uh, and how like no one, no one in that bar knows like what really has happened to Bucky over the, the years, like in the months and stuff like that, that he is no longer the winter soldier. He doesn't respond to any code words or anything like that. Like he's been, he's been cleansed so to speak, yeah. but no one in the bar knows that. So he's like, you remember this guy, right? And they're like, Oh yeah, we remember him. He ripped somebody's arm off or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you know, if you're going to have trouble, you're going to have trouble with him. Like yeah. he's going to make trouble. And then well, I wasn't sure like what Bucky was going to do, but he just steps right into that role and like Zemo even makes a comment of like, oh, how quickly he descends back into madness or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was cool to see see Bucky, even though he's playing a part. He like you get to see that like wild like you know don't mess with me side of him, mm-hmm. and that's always fun to watch. Even though you know he's obviously just doing that to to do the yeah. scene. So Madripoor is interesting, right? Like. I mean, we we know Madripoor because of the X Men, because yeah. of Wolverine, and I I don't know. I mean, again, I'm 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 not trying to overhype like we you know everyone did for WandaVision, including <laughs> including myself, and 
so I'm trying not to do that here. And I don't think they're going to set up X-Men with the show. Like I think it could be next year before we see anything related to X-Men, but it was really cool that they're starting to bring in some locations that we've not seen because they've been relegated only to the X-Men. Yeah. Like, that only the X-Men go to Madripoor. And now it's like, nope, Madripoor is for the MCU too. And mm-hmm. they can go there and, and, uh, have their adventures. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's just the action scenes are just so good. What do you think about the scene with, uh, Zelby, that that woman that's like, yeah. in that, um, like at, penthouse type at, at first, like I was just like, she is an odd looking duck and, um, it was, it definitely felt eerie, kind of weird. And, but I mean, you, uh, you of course get the whole scene with, uh, Sam's phone going off, which obviously that wasn't planned. Right. And it's his sister, which we, we met her in episode one. <clears throat> and I had this thought of like, did we get the sister scene in episode one just for this one phone call? That's, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going. Did we... Did they introduce her just for this scene? I hope not. I hope there's some... Surely in episode six, we're going to get some denouement kind of descending action thing where like everything's tied up with the boats and everything. I'm going to be really mad if they set up all that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Because like you said, we're halfway through the season mm-hmm. and we've not seen her yet. Like it, yeah. the first episode with the boat is, is all we've ever gotten of this, of this girl and, and her kids. And I'm like, oh my god! Like she's gonna come in just for a, like a, a bad timing phone call, and then we're never gonna see her again. <laughs> that would be something for sure, <laughs> Phil. But yeah, that was cool. I like I, I liked how like they were. He was almost gonna get away with it, and he was talking in code and actually kind of getting angry with her on the phone, like trying to play this part. And then she's like, you know, like hey, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later, Sam. And then Selby's <laughs> like, Sam, who's Sam? <laughs> and then. And then it's and then it goes to hell from there. Like yeah, they're on the run and and then it's definitely Sharon Carter time. Dude, how great is Sharon Carter? Yeah, I like I want to see. I don't know if she's strong enough of a character to have her own movie. Like like yeah. Black Widow. I don't think she's Black Widow level. But holy crap! Like I don't know how much. It was almost certainly all stunt double or whatever. But dude. She was flipping around dudes mm-hmm. and like she throws a knife into someone's for it goes through his forearm at one yeah. point. I'm like, she's brutal. And she fights like Black Widow, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's she's got the same kind of training. Her backstory is really cool. Like she's essentially been on the run since Civil War. Did, did I understand yeah. that right? Yep. So she she helped steal or she uh, stole the shield. The shield, yep. Yeah, in Civil War. And though they pardoned everyone on the Avengers, they didn't pardon her, which is really interesting. And that's not mm-hmm. come up in any of the movies that I'm aware yeah. of. And she's basically been hiding out in Madripoor on living on the lamb. And you know, it's, they don't go into a lot of detail, but she's, is she doing illegal activity? She's doing some, definitely like underground stuff. Yeah. She's definitely doing some stuff that, um, it's kind of one of those moments where she's been burned by the government to where she's kind of just looking out for herself at this point. Yeah. And I like that. Like, I like that 
and they, they basically kind of make up a, a little verbal contract with her. Like, Hey, if you help us get close to the, the vet, not, I keep calling it the vaccine, the, serum. The, the, ser- the super soldier serum. And you know, this guy that they're trying to find Nagel and ultimately they want to get to the power broker. If you'll point us in the right direction and help us, maybe we can scratch your back and get you a pardon. And she's like, I will, I'll believe it when I see it, but mm-hmm. you guys have my assistance. I'll help you. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, uh, we get Nagel, the Nagel scene, and he was really cool to me. Um, his base is super awesome. He's like in these shipping shipping containers, but there's like a false wall, and they have to like go up there. Yeah. And he's basically like, his backstory is that he, so like following the events of Civil War, which I, and we've said it before, this show is basically Civil War two. Like yes. It's, it's just a, it's just a sequel, direct sequel to that movie. It's just a lot of time has passed, but. They got so in Civil War. If you haven't seen the movie in a while, the the very last one of the very last scenes is Zemo kill. There are five super soldiers that are in on ice that have been like stored up in Siberia, and you think he's going to activate them all, and they're going to have to like like the Avengers are going to have to fight all five of them at once. There's this huge twist at the end of the movie where he just kills them. Like Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't even need these guys, and. We find out in this episode, and I think one of the most interesting things that we learned about Zemo in this ep- in this whole series, and you know, it's going to be the, mainly this episode, is that he also hates the super soldiers, mm-hmm. and that was something I didn't see coming. I thought, if anything, he was going to be the you know the backdoor, like he created the super soldiers that ended up turning into the Flag Smashers. He wants nothing to do with them. In fact, he wants them to die. Like he yeah. he, he just want he's on. This is kind of a, my enemy. The enemy of my enemies is my friends situation. He doesn't want to be on the same side as Sam and Bucky, but he finds himself on the same side as Sam and Bucky. And so, yeah, he he wants to. He in fact, his whole life was kind of dedicated to hunting yeah. um, super soldiers that Hydra wanted to set up because he like his whole thing is like if if super soldier serum becomes a thing. And 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 countries and governments can just set up their own like army of unstoppable soldiers. That's not good for anyone. Yeah, that's that's just going to be like global annihilation. And so he's like his like mantra and goal in life is to like eradicate all this all the serum. Like if I can find it anywhere or anyone that's taking it, they're 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 going to go. So yeah. And I would say that leading up to my prediction, um, I would say that um at this point um i would say the power broker is zemo and but i almost feel like it's almost too obvious yeah and so i assume there's probably somebody else but i mean when we read about the show coming out um they said it was going to be very straightforward they weren't going to uh do cuts in corners like they did in WandaVision. It's very straightforward. So, I mean, he could for sure be the power broker. So you think his, if it's him, his ulterior motive is to get close to the serum so that he can just destroy it. Yes. Yeah, basically the same thing that he did in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, so I, I read one article where they some people, I think this is a little extreme and, and not as straightforward as what you were just describing, some people are saying it's, it might be Sharon Carter, which I, that would be interesting for sure. I just don't, I have no idea what her motive would be yeah. for doing that. Like these, I mean, the power broker is in league with 
the Flag Smashers, right? Or am I misunderstanding that? To some extent, I believe. Because they, they, what's what, what's known in this episode is they st- they stole the serum. Yeah. They basically like inserted themselves in between Nagel and the power broker, and then just ran off with the serum. Yeah. Right. So I mean, at some point, I would assume that they were kind of like working together, but then they kind of like double crossed them. Okay. And now, it's kind of one of those things where, um, it was made for the power broker, and now. Um, somebody unrightfully took it. Yeah, yeah. Carly is really the the big bad that everyone yeah. needs to take down. But man, she's kind of given talking about Car- Carly. We'll just get jump into that. She's really given a human side in this episode. Like, I not enough for me to like root for her, especially when she blows up that building and kills like untold number of innocents. Yeah, but. Like when she has that say goodbye scene with, it's not like at first I thought it was her mother, but it's like it's the like their surrogate mother, like yeah, it's almost like a mother to the to the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, it ha- has inspired all of them. Like the the guy that she's talking to at one point, which I don't know if they've named named him, but you know she has a long conversation with him as right before they steal supplies and bomb the building, and he's talking about how like she was all of our mother, like. You know, yeah. and so she's very special to them. Maybe we'll learn more about her. Maybe we won't. But you know, you get to see like she really does care about people. And we also learn that they're stealing supplies for these children in camps that yeah. are like there's um so the oh, I always forget the GRC GRC the Global Repatriation Council yes is where they can't find parents for kids and stuff like that. They're putting them in camps to keep them alive, but they're also not like doing very much for their like health yeah, and, and safety and welfare. And so they're like basically like stealing supplies to get them to like get them to the kids in these camps. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like she, that's like a good cause, but then she's also willing to like just kill people that she disagrees with, which is a bad yeah. cause. So yeah, she's, she's very, she's multifaceted and complicated. Ultimately she's a bad guy. Yeah. But, oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I did. Sure. I did think it was interesting to kind of give her some nuance and depth that I, I wasn't sure that we would get. So. And I mean, I this is going way back to the beginning, but um, when Captain America breaks into the house that had been housing Carly in the previous episode, and he just kind of is taking names. And there is no respect for him whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the guy literally spits in his face. Yeah. And it's kind of just like one of those things where we're not even scared of you. Yeah. I mean, you may carry the shield and you may claim to be Captain America, but you're not him. Yeah. It would have been a totally different scene if Steve went yeah. in there. <laughs> Young Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's That was kind of the only scene we got with him. That We got a, a little, just a short one, uh, towards the end, like mm-hmm. to maybe 10 minutes from the end. But man, he only had like two minutes yeah. of screen time in this one. It's kind of interesting. But I mean, another thing that um, I've enjoyed in this show is everybody's kind of off doing their own thing. Yeah. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier are off doing their own thing. Uh, Carly's off doing her own thing. Yeah. And then Captain America's off doing his own thing. Yeah, good point. So... You would have to assume that at some point they're going to come together. 
yeah. where there's going to be a triangle, kind of like we got in WandaVision. Yeah. And you got to think at this point, that's where they're headed. Yeah, there, there's going to be some three-way or four-way towards the end. Yeah. It seems like it's headed that way. Um, yeah, that's that's an astute observation. I, I that's actually kind of what I liked about Nagel. Like he he was just a government goon. Like he was working for the CIA, working mm-hmm. with them to like recreate the super serum. Like they found. I mean, they they name him. It's Isaiah. It's yeah. it's the guy that we saw in the second episode. And that, now we know why they were like taking his blood and, mm-hmm. and doing all these awful things to him is that they were trying to re they were trying to duplicate what they had done in him. He obviously has super strength, you know, as we saw. And so they were trying to, okay, do it, do it again, take his blood, figure out how to like, you know, reverse engineer it. And he figured it out and he was able to create more super, uh, super soldier serums. And then he got blipped <laughs> and he was away for five years. And then he got back and he's like, okay, where's, where's the serum? Oh good. It's still here. But now there's there's no CIA like everything's the world's totally changed after the blip, and so then he just goes into business for, for himself. So even he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I mean, kind of, um, we touched on this earlier. There really is so many sides in this show, and it's kind of hard. I mean, obviously Falcon and Winter Soldier is quote-unquote the good guy side. But, I mean, there's so many point of views that we're getting in this episode. And I think yeah. that that's what makes it so intriguing. Because, like you said, you almost kind of rationalize with Carly up until the point where she blew up the building. But, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where, I mean, you can't you kind of can feel for these characters. Well, maybe, I mean, Captain America, he's all, he's not trying to be Steve and he's just trying to live on a legacy and be a Patriot. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's very intriguing for sure. Yeah. Um, other just little things. I I think we covered all the main, main stuff, but, um, I love the, the little dialogue that Zemo has on the plane about heroes in general. He, he has kind of this, worldview like let me share with you guys my worldview on heroes and it's interesting it's you know obviously not something that most fans are going to agree with but like he basically says like you know the world took captain america gave him a long leash then he did so many heroic things that they forgot they were willing to forgive or forget about all of his faults Mm -hmm. and then they basically just i mean that's what sets, sets up civil war is like when you're given that long of a leash then eventually you can just do whatever you want and yeah. you know, consequence be darned type of thing. Yeah. And so he basically says, you know, that's what happens when you let heroes do the hero thing is you basically are creating gods that, you know, that can't be stopped. And obviously he was trying to shut all that down with civil war, but. And you just, um, he talks about this and you watch them fall from their pedestal. Yeah. 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 He's like, you guys put these guys up on a pedestal, but they don't, they don't deserve to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, don't agree, but you're just like, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, mm-hmm. he's not that far off. Um, I also really like the scene at the very beginning when Winter Soldier goes in to see him, and he's in his cell, and and he just in German or whatever language, Sokovian, um, he's he says, uh, "Longing, rested, seventeen. <laughs> he's like trying to act. He's like, I just, and it, I, I think. Bucky says something like, oh, that doesn't work on me anymore. And he's just like, I just was checking. Just wanted to see how those affect you. (laughs) But yeah, he says, yeah, Bucky says those days are over. And then, and then, 
and then Zemo says, uh, something is still in there. <laughs> yeah. So he believes like there's actually maybe he could still be activated. Um, if you've watched, if you've read comics or paid attention to any of the Marvel animated shows, it was cool to see Baron Zemo in the typical Zemo mask, like the purple mask. Mm-hmm. And he's all, he's actually kind of like wearing a purple like button down shirt for a lot of the, the episode, maybe the whole episode as well. So like, it's, it's cool to like, they did the same thing in WandaVision where they gave WandaVision a, you know, the Scarlet Witch crown and, and mm-hmm. you know, they, they even had for that Halloween episode, they had him in like traditional garb and stuff like that. So I think they're starting to do some, some fun little winks and nods with these, yeah. uh, with these characters that we didn't get to see in the movies. I love the scene, the line when Sam is, they, they're trying to run for their lives and Sam goes, I can't run in these heels. <laughs> <laughs> he's such he's such a funny character to me. I, I I think Sam is like Sam Wilson is really like coming to his own. I think both of them have. Like I've I've been loving Bucky. Yeah. Like it's it's so cool to see him just be himself and like what is what is his what is he really after in life? What does he want to do? Like he's never been his own master. Like he's been mastered his entire life. Yeah. And so like now what does he want to be about? Like what's his what's his goal in life? So yeah, it's cool to see him like have this list. It, we find out that the book he was using was actually Cap's book, um, which is really cool to me that they had that kind of relationship. And I kind of feel like one of the plus um, of these shows, going back to WandaVision as well, is these are kind of characters that were in the shadows. They were overshadowed by Iron Man, um, Captain America, Thor. And now they're kind of, coming into their own and we're really getting to know these characters and i mean with loki we're going to get the same thing loki's always kind of been in thor's shadow Mm -hmm. um falcon winter soldier have always been in um captain america's shadow yeah good point and obviously we're going to get hawkeye too he's he's background players so we're kind of getting these tier two people that we never, I mean, we enjoyed them in the movies, but we really never got to know them. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is what uh, Marvel has made a success so far. Yeah. Because, I mean, of course we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I still haven't watched that show. It's, yeah, it's it's skippable. So it's kind of just like one of those things, but now we're actually getting people that have a name, and we care about. Yeah. And it's the actual actors themselves. Like that, this kind of thing would have never happened 30 years ago, but yeah. like, it's actually like these actors doing these things. And I think to a lesser extent, the black widow movie will kind of be that too. Like has black widow been in a ton of movies? Yeah. She's been in a ton of movies, but how many lines does she have in this movie? like, we've not mm-hmm. gotten a lot, you know, the stuff with her and, and Hulk is really in Hawkeye, I guess have really been the most interesting, but those have, been relatively compared to the other characters yeah. very short lived so I'm glad she's getting her own movie too so we didn't talk about the big reveal at the end mm-hmm. I, I guess that's something we probably should have covered by now but so we see AO yep. at the end um, Bucky they're going through town and and the, you know Bucky says hey I'm going to hang back for a second whatever and then because he sees the, the beads lying on the, the ground and so he comes around the corner and he's like you know I forget what he says to, to her or whatever. She comes out and it's, it's AO. It's, it's the girl from the black, black Panther stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, he knows her really well because mm-hmm. he, he lived in Wakanda for years. Yeah. That's how he got like detoxed basically from being winter soldier. So 
they know each other pretty well. And I forget what her line is, but it's something like, where's, where's Zemo or whatever. So, so obviously, um, there, there's some backstory in that. Um, I mean, it's almost certainly going to lead off of that next episode, right? Yeah. And it's obviously there's going to be some sort of double cross. Yeah. And ulterior motives. Do you think, I mean, I'm not asking you to go on the record or anything if you don't want to, but like, like, well, is Bucky just going to hand, hand Zemo over to her? I would assume so. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He does seem very like uh revenge oriented yeah. with his list. And it's kind of one of those things where, um, you never know. Like we talked about earlier when Zemo is going to turn his back on them. True. So yeah, you kind of don't want to be that person that gets their backstabbed by Zemo. So I feel like there's definitely like a plan in place yeah. to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably right. I, I think they'll probably set up some kind of pact of like, you know, leave him alone, leave Zemo alone until I'm done with him. And then once I'm done with him, you can have him. Yeah. You, you can do whatever you need to do. So, which is obviously to assassinate him. <laughs> yeah, for so. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so like at the end of civil war, if you don't remember T'Challa, like, um, forgives him. Like I not for, I don't know if forgives the right word. He, he stays his wrath <laughs> and does not kill. He has the opportunity to kill Zemo at the very end and chooses not to, and says, you know, you know, you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. That's punishment enough. I don't need to kill you. And so he lets go, but then it's clear that AO has not yeah. gone the same route as T'Challa. So ever since Zemo killed T'Chaka, the previous King of, mm-hmm. Of Wakanda. Wakanda. Yeah. Um, she's been obviously on the hunt. So, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see that coming. That was like a big reveal that I was like, okay, good on you. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't predict that. So, yeah, that was cool. And another side is thrown into the mix with another motive. Yeah. Now, I mean, now it's getting crazy. Like, I mean, but I, I'm, I say bring it on. Like, we thought we were going to get this really big like multi-faceted showdown at the end of WandaVision and we didn't get it. It was, it really just came down to uh, Wanda versus um, Agatha Agatha at the very end, which I was fine with. And the vision versus vision was cool, but it was very side and very short. But yeah, I mean, it was really just kind of a one-on-one showdown at the end. I think, I think this one is actually setting it up to be like a Mexican standoff where they just all point their guns at each other and just start firing. So yeah. Cool. Bring it on. Three more episodes. Um, yeah, it was so weird how Cap just wasn't even in this episode. I You have yeah. to assume he's going to be in, in a bigger way in the next one. Yeah. At least by episode five. But I would say they, they have to bring him in. Why? You know, he's been on the sidelines for this entire thing so far. Yeah. Because, so. I mean, you got to assume that they're going to end up somewhere. Everybody's going to end up somewhere at the same place at yeah. the same time. And there's no way in heck that Sam doesn't end up with the shield at the end, right? Like yeah. they've made such, they literally mentioned it in every episode. Like, why didn't you take the shield? Why didn't you take the shield? Like, okay, we get it. We just, he's going to take the shield. And he's going to destroy it. <laughs> All right. Well, and cool. Nobody will have the shield. Yeah. If you, if you, if you can't be responsible with it, nobody gets it. That's what he's going to say. He's going to be the parent. <laughs> yeah. I want you to sit down and think about what you've done. 
That's what he's going to say. Go to the corner <laughs> until I think of your punishment. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good, I thought a good discussion on that episode. We obviously are covering the rest of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So hit subscribe on your podcast player and uh, tune back in. Uh, we'll cover the last three episodes as well. And uh, you can get our thoughts. And if you have your own thoughts on the show, I'll mention this again at the end, but you can write into the show, Disney Plus Reviews, P-L-U-S Reviews at Hotmail.com is how you do that, Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Uh, we'd like to do a segment uh, we just call What Else Are You Watching on Disney Plus? Um, I know you guys have been really busy. You guys did some traveling, went, mm-hmm. went back to your hometown, and yep. um, we're in the car quite a bit, so you probably didn't. Or just sitting there watching Disney Plus. What do you get a chance to watch anything? Um, we've watched a couple episodes of Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Um, we are kind of. We've talked about this on the podcast. We are kind of on like the Ham Montana train, where we finally finished it, and now we're kind of slowly but surely getting close to the end of Lizzie McGuire. And I mean, that's what I love about. Uh, these shows on Disney plus, I mean, it doesn't, you can easily like sit down and have a meal and just have it on the background and watch it. And I mean, there are these 20 minute episodes. So, um, yeah, that's kind of all we've really had time for besides my ducks and Falcon and winter soldier. Yeah. I said this before on the podcast, but it's been a long time. And uh, maybe some of our listeners haven't heard me tell this little quick anecdote, but I have a four-year-old daughter who does not know a world of reruns. Like the the, the idea of a rerun just doesn't make any sense to her. Uh, what do you What do you mean, Daddy? You you'd watch the same show again because you had to? <laughs> you know, she doesn't understand. She really doesn't even understand like commercial breaks and yeah. stuff like that. Like it's just not. She lives in a world of streaming, and you know we do. Uh, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, fill in the blank, YouTube TV, and skip the commercial. I mean, she's she is living like the ultimate life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's what streaming services are. Is like it's it's there for you, and it's always there for you. Like yes. it, whenever you feel the need, you pop it on, you hit the right button on your remote control, Disney Plus button or whatever, and pick your poison. Like just go in and just dive into whatever show you want, whatever movie you want, and it's. It's on demand and it is like the most user-friendly thing in the world. We are never going to go back to like, oh, I've seen this episode eight times. I guess I'll watch it a ninth time. Like that, that those days are gone, forever yeah. gone. So yeah, she she's loving it. And, and uh, honestly, like there are shows that she's not seen the latest season of, even though she could watch it on YouTube TV, she's not seen it because she's waiting for it to come to Disney plus once it comes to Disney plus, like we're going to talk about it here. I think on the next episode when I, when we do the segment about like what's coming up on Disney plus there's like, you know, puppy dog pals season three. Well, she's going to binge through that season as soon as it comes to Disney plus, even though she could have watched it all along over this last year, as it's been airing live on television, we have all the recordings of it, but she's waiting for Disney plus because it's so easy. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Uh, I've been watching a couple things on Disney Plus. Um, I made good on a on a long uh, promise, I guess you could say, of watching Flora and Ulysses. <laughs> I got to tell you about this movie, Grant, because it is. I completely misjudged this movie. <laughs> if you if you're a listener of the show, you've been following us for a while. Uh, you know, I, I famous famously said uh, called this movie a girl and her squirrel, <laughs> and I really thought this was going to be like just a. a made for kids, really stupid, really dumb. Like I was, okay. 
I'll be honest. I was I was picturing like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like that's that's the kind of movie I thought we were gonna get. This movie's really good. Okay, and I hear me, Grant. I know I'm not gonna sell you on this movie. I know that. I know that going in, nothing I say is gonna make you watch this movie. I get that, but I'm still gonna tell you about it. And then you can at the end you can say that sounds awesome, Phil. I'm never gonna watch Florian Ulysses. <laughs> and you know we'll let bygones be bygones. Um, so here, here's my best shot at trying to convince you to watch okay. this. Um, it's very funny. I laughed a lot. The the dad, I don't. I need to look up the cast. The the dad actor, I don't know that I've seen him in anything, but he is freaking hilarious. Like he is really funny. I like as I was watching him, I was like, has he been on SNL? Has he been on like some sketch show or a late night TV show or something? He's funny, like really funny. His his facial gags and the way he delivers lines. He's he's really great. Um, it's got a great cast. It's got people that you might know from other shows. So like the the nerdy guy from Community is in it. Um, okay. There's a girl from uh, Scrubs that's in it. Um, i trying to think who else. Oh, uh, most people have, in the States have probably never even heard of this show, but there's a, a Canadian comedy sitcom show called Corner Gas. And the girl that there's a girl on that show that's in this movie. And I was like, I I feel like really smart that I even know who she is because most (laughs) Americans would have never seen this girl, anything, but she's actually kind of a main character in the movie. She's in, and she's great in corner gas anyway. So like, but these are all like actors that you've not seen in a lot of other stuff, Mm -hmm. but they're so like at home in this movie, like they were made for this kind of thing. Okay. Um, it's basically, I mean, you've heard us, I think we had an email. We, we, yeah, we had an email from a listener about yes, it. It did. is, it is a squirrel that is a superhero. Like it turns, it has superpowers and like Ulysses basically has like superhuman strength. Like he can, he can pick up a human, like a, a person, like a 200 pound person. Uh, he can fly. He can, um, he's really good at poetry and writing and he types on a type typewriter. It all makes sense when you watch it. Uh, CGI is pretty good. Um, the dad is like this failed comic book writer and that feeds into a lot of the comic nature of the superhero nature of the movie. Okay. Um, Flora's mom is like this failed. I mean, they're both kind of failures, but like she's trying to work her way back into being a good romance uh, writer again. And that plays into their romance because they are getting into divorce. But by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> this is not really a movie you care about being spoiled on. Obviously they get, get back together. Um, so there's romance uh, going on there as well. Um, I, I recommend this movie, for, especially for a seven and up. I, like I, Jordan's too young to watch it, I think, okay. just because of some of the themes. And and frankly, like it's not action packed enough, I think, for her to really be into it. It is one of those things where like it's not Alvin and the Chipmunks in the sense that sometimes there's like four or five minutes in a row where there's no squirrel. Like Ulysses just isn't on the screen. But um, when he's on, it's really funny. He does you know little physical comedy and stuff like that. And the comedic timing in this movie is really darn good. Like I was, I was surprised at how, how good, the, at smart. It's very smart and very witty line writing in okay. this movie. And so I was actually, it was. It's an interesting premise for kids to watch, especially if your kids like are too. You feel like they're too young to watch Marvel. Like this is kind of their superhero stuff. Um, you know, that's appropriate for their age. And um, the I guess I haven't talked about Flora at all. She's honestly she's a kid to watch. Like she's a legit actress. She's like she plays a ten year old. I don't know how how old she actually is. She's probably eleven or twelve. And she's honestly I'm telling you she's she's one to watch. Kirsten Dunst in 
Interview with the Vampire, I think it was like 12. She was like 11 or 12 when she did that movie. And then her career blew up. She's been in a ton of movies. I think, that, honestly, the girl that plays Flora in this movie will be that. Like, she's she's that good. So you're so. going to go on record and say, we're going to see her at the Oscars someday? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, at least a nominee. I don't. I can't tell you if she wins, but okay. she's really captivating in this movie. Um, I, I do think that the strongest comedy and the strongest characters are not her unfortunately i think i think the dad is is way funnier okay um, but he's trying to be all right and there's a there's a neighborhood na- uh, neighbor kid that's blind um throughout the entire movie and he plays a big role in the adventure that they go on and um yeah it's it's good it's, it's a it's a good wholesome movie very family friendly and very fun i i if i was watching this with you know, when I'll probably show it to Jordan in a few years and we're going to have a good time watching it. Like it's, it's, it's really entertaining. So okay, if you've not seen Florida and Ulysses, cause you think it looks like a dumb girl in her squirrel movie, <laughs> I say, give it a chance. It's, it's really good. So thank you for the recommendation from our listeners that, that, that really said, Hey, don't, don't, uh, don't pass this one up. I'm going to talk a lot, uh, here at the end of the show. I apologize. The other thing I watched was the making of WandaVision and it's really good. It's, it is, relatively short i it's not even like movie length it's it's 57 minutes or something like that okay and it is a really great behind the scenes of how they shot that show is it the whole show yes it's all nine episodes i would say half of it more than half of it is about like the first three episodes though like they really they go pretty heavy on the first third but it is really if you're interested in all at all into like how they filmed this thing and what they what was going through their brains as they were like coming up with all the different shots and sets and costumes and characters and stuff like that. It's really great. Like I, I think it's I recommend it for anyone that loved WandaVision and wants to know more about like how the background stuff of it. So I think there's not a lot of surprises in the show. Like a lot of the things we thought were happening end up oh I guess that really did happen. But I, it was neat to hear it from the perspective of the actors and the director and you know, producers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, the people actually, who actually worked on it. They did confirm that they shot the first several episodes in front of a real, actual live studio audience. Like okay. people who had never seen what they were about to do. They weren't plants. They weren't, you know, laugh track. They, That's these were awesome. Like, they were legit people that were about to watch the sitcom, the sitcom in quotes for the first time. And That's so, awesome. Yeah, that was really cool to watch. Um, they set up like you know three or four rows. This is evidently before COVID, but you know they had them watch it and laugh laugh along with it. Um, which think about that? That'd be so awesome to be in the room with yeah, Elizabeth sure. Olsen, and Paul, Paul Bettany like that. Um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen talks about how it was kind of like a dream of hers to do sitcom stuff because she was on the set of Full House mm-hmm. growing up as a little girl. Yeah, she was never on the show as a character. I I don't think so. Maybe she had a walk on part. But she was every Friday. She was there for the taping mm-hmm. of a full house in front of a live studio audience, and so she grew up around sitcoms her entire life, even though she wasn't on them. And it, she said it was just a dream come true. Like it was something she never thought she'd ever do, isn't like an actual sitcom. And even though it was just a fake sitcom for you know a real audience, um, for her it was just a lot of fun for her to do that. Um, she said they loved playing for her and Paul loves playing to the audience that that was like what gave them the energy to do the things that they were doing. Um, even the crew, like the, the camera operators dr- dressed up in like sixties attire. Okay. Like they, they really got into it. Like they were like, we're going to pretend like this is the 1960s shooting a 1960s TV show. Very cool. Yeah. They used like lighting that was like actually from the sixties that they dug up, you know, dusted off in some 
in some warehouse somewhere and uh, really did it did it big. So um, that was awesome. Paul Bettany, we talked about how like he's like we we had so much fun doing the sitcom stuff. We got so into it and it was so rewarding that he was just like I almost feel like like I want to go back and like have a do over and like actually do a sitcom like earlier in my, my acting career. Like he's like, I really felt like I missed out not having done that before. Uh, Elizabeth had nothing but good things to say about Catherine Hahn. She went on and on about how awesome she, she was to work with and she's always so professional on set and so talented of an actress. Tiona Paris, who plays uh, Monica Rambo in the, mm-hmm. in the show, dude, every time she was being interviewed, she is an absolute delight. She is, she is such a, uh, uh, glowing, you know, la- laughing at herself, kind of very bouncy, buoyant, kind of kind of uh, perky perspective on things, and she's going places. Like I-, I can't wait to see what they do with her in like after this origin story that they they had with her. They showed a lot of the wires and harness work that they did, and I wasn't sure exactly like how much CGI was really at play, but like. That entire like f- full episode, like the last episode where they're like flying through the air and like shooting magic at each at, at each other, mm-hmm. they were legitimately harnessed up that entire time. They said that they they li- basically lived in harnesses for like over a week to shoot that last. That's episode. That's really cool. Yeah. So like when you're seeing them fly through the air and you know uh, shoot back, you know, so they get blasted in the chest and they they fly backwards or whatever. That's all like legitimate harness and wire work that they're they're being like catapulted through the air with wires. And they they wanted to do practical practical a lot of practical effect type of stuff just because that's what they wanted it to look like. They wanted it to look like something you might see on television. So um, that was really cool to watch too. Um, one little trivia thing: if you ever want to like win at Trivial Pursuit, they painted so for the black and white episodes, so like the Dick Van Dyke and the and the Bewitched. Mm-hmm. They painted Paul Bettany's in the movies in the MCU movies. They painted his his face red and then put those little dots all over his face so that they could like mo- motion capture his face and then CGI over the top of his face, right? So it, it looks like he's a, a robot, um, a synthesoid. In for the black and white shows, they painted his face blue, and the the, the reason why you do this, and they they studied all this from like you know the old Dick Van Dyke days and stuff like that, but they. Uh, especially female actresses would paint their lips blue with blue lipstick instead of red lipstick because when black and white, when you take color and you capture something in black and white Mm -hmm. and you're moving, essentially removing the color out of it, for some reason our eyes think that blue transformed into black and white looks more red, quote unquote. It's black and white, but it looks more red than red does. So, yeah, so like they wanted his face to look quote unquote red in black and white. So they painted his face blue. So I I found that to be really interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, everything I just described in the last five minutes is just, I mean, scratching the surface. It's, you know, there's 50 more minutes waiting for you if you want to go check it out. So, uh, definitely recommend it. And I, I like, honestly, this was, I think this is, yeah, this is the first, definitely the first making of that they've done, um, for, uh, Marvel. They've done it for the star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it got me super excited for the future. They're going to do this again, like for every show. So yeah. you're going to get the making of the Falcon and winter soldier. You're going to get making of, you're even going to get making of black widow, which I think will be interesting. Uh, you're going to get making of Loki and on and on. So uh-huh. like I'm, I'm going to watch all of them. Like I was, I was really intrigued by this one. I, I've always kind of been fascinated with the Hollywood 
setup for this kind of stuff, but especially with how unique WandaVision is, I was like, man, this is going to be a gem. So yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. If you have an hour you want to kill and learn more about like just the other side of the camera. Okay. So yeah, it was great. I know it went on and on there, but that, it's I okay. I, I never watch anything yeah. other than what we're talking about on the show. So I had time and, and I was like, yeah, yeah I want to, I want to talk about these. It's things. okay. I mean, <laughs> it's, I would say it's exciting because we don't always get to see the behind the scenes look. So, I mean, what has made Disney Plus so unique is they've taken us behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like a bonus feature that you would get on a DVD. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just free. Like, you just get it with your Disney Plus subscription. So, yeah, it was really cool. And Elizabeth Olsen is such a doll. Like, she really is. Like, I I think she's beautiful, like, you know, uh, complexion-wise, but... But the way that she talks, she's she's just so in love with the art of mm-hmm. of filmmaking and TV making. Like she, you can tell she's just living her best life. She she just loved every second of WandaVision. So they both of them like felt really empower, empowered and inspired to do this show. Like they they felt like their characters had a lot to say, but didn't have the time to say it in movies, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. We uh, like to close out with uh, what is coming up on Disney Plus. So I'll just kind of run through some of the stuff that's coming out this Friday as, as you're, if you're listening to this the same week that we recorded it. So coming out uh, the week of... I need to start saying the date just in case people see these, <laughs> listen to these after the fact. But So obviously uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers 3, Falcon and Winter Soldier 4, those things we knew about. Disney Future... April 9th. Yeah, okay, thank you. I, I, I said I was going to, and I didn't. <laughs> April 9th, uh, Friday, April 9th is, is what is when these comes out. I think they only release stuff on Fridays. Yeah. Is that right? I think that's very okay. true. Okay, so Friday, April 9th, Disney Future Worm? No? No. Nothing. You got nothing for me? It's a, a animated show about an optimistic 12-year-old who likes tinkering with things, and he creates a time machine out of a lunchbox and travels to the future. Oh, my, Phil. Yeah. You have me intrigued. Not really. <laughs> uh, Disney Kick Batowski. Okay, I've heard of that oh, show. Oh, finally, we got one that you've um, heard of. Never seen that show, but I have heard of it for sure. Um, it's about the it's the cartoon Daredevil Kid, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's um, it's animated, right? That's yes. what the, the screenshot looks like that. Yep. Um, a young boy aspires to become the world's greatest daredevil as he gets help from Gunther, his loyal friend and partner in crime. With a heart of gold. Yeah, with a heart of gold. Finally, Grant, you'll be excited to learn that Disney Secrets of Sulphur Springs, time after time, the season one finale. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Phil, what are we going to do <laughs> when we can no longer watch this show? Yeah, we can, we can no longer talk about it uh, week after week. The show that we've never watched, but I mean, we talk about it every week. Yeah, <laughs> they're the the folks at home. They're they're gonna be like, "What are you guys gonna talk about if there's no more secrets yeah. of Silver Springs?" And I mean, maybe this summer. Oh, who am I kidding? We'll never watch this show. <laughs> SSS, the best the best TV show on yeah on streaming for service. sure. Uh, there's a movie called Man of the House coming out on Friday. It, this is. Uh, Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas looks like he is home improvement yep. age. Like it, it's it's literally that that time period. Uh, Farrah Fawcett's already in it, and 
it is um, Chevy Chase plays a an attorney that has a uh, adversary to to worry about his girlfriend's son Ben, and um, yeah, it's about sabotaging their relationship. Yep. So looks like a comedy. Yeah, um, I have seen that movie before. Um, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's definitely one of those. I would say kind of like blank check esque. Okay. So if you want to go back and listen to our blank check episode, it's a long ways back, but it's in there. I mean, probably in like the thirties or something like that. This is a B tier. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, if you have kids like probably like eight or above, this could be a very enjoyable family movie. Okay. Uh, Squanto, a warrior's tale. Um, hmm. uh, it's it's about Squanto, the Native American from the 17th century. Are you sure, Phil? I guess I'm am just reading this. Um, uh, monk brother Daniel teaches him social customs, but other Englishmen aren't as kind. It looks like a drama. It's a it's a live action drama about Squanto, and um, it's not brand new, is it? No, it's this been looks, released. Yeah, that I mean. Gosh, I should I should look it up, but it looks like seventies or eighties. I don't okay. know; it could be nineties, but it's it's definitely older. Um, let's see if I can figure that out. Uh, and then uh, Caesar Milan, the real story. Um, it's about the incredible rise of Caesar Milan from impoverished illegal immigrant to celebrity dog trainer and international star. I guess this guy's probably been on like reality TV. I'm assuming. Um, oh, Squanto a Warrior's Tale from nineteen ninety four. I it, it looks older than that from the few pictures that I looked. We've come a long ways, Phil. <laughs> so that's about it. Uh, as far as like the highlights, uh, Man of the House maybe would be one that you want, might want to check out. Um, if you've got kids, uh, maybe uh, Disney Future Worm, uh, although it looks like for maybe for older kids uh, or Disney Kick Potowski. And then of course the Marvel and, and Mighty Duck stuff. So that's what we're going to be watching. Uh, the movie that we decided, we did hit pause at one point and try to figure out what we wanted to watch. So we, on last week's show, we, t- we were looking at stuff that was coming out this last Friday and the movie starring Steve Martin, Steve Martin, Jack Black, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson. You can't beat that trio. You can't. Called Except, the- I mean... Unless you're Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hate this movie. Yeah, unless you're a serious movie critic, apparently. Which we we are definitely serious, yes, though. We, we are. We sure. take our job very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No one can tell us otherwise. Th- there is no joking on the show. No. Not whatsoever. At all. Uh, it's called the, B- the Big Ear. And you had me intrigued last week when you were talking about how it's about these guys that basically are bird watchers and they're trying to, trying to get a big year, which is where they get to bird watch every species of bird on the planet or something. Pretty much. It's whoever can find or see the bigot, the most birds. Okay. In a year. I mean, I'm in just for those that cast. Like I, I, I think it's worth watching just cause I, lo- I love all three of those guys. So we're going to give it a shot. You've seen this before. Yes, I have twice. How much, how much of it do you remember? Like, uh, can, can you recall scenes? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So you'll be, Kind of, it's definitely one of those trailer esque, where a lot of the comedies in the trailer, <laughs> yeah, all the funny stuff. I mean, that's kind of probably why the film critics <laughs> gave it like it might be in the teens on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I could see that for sure. 
which is sad. Like I think Jack Black, I mean, all three of those guys are legitimately funny. Yeah. Um, Jack Black is like almost like transcendentally funny in, in, in some of his movies, in my opinion. Uh, and Steve Martin is just always hilarious, but um, yeah, I, I'm sure the writing on the movie is not, not top notch. So, but uh, yeah, so the, here's, I mean, you figured it out by now, but the three we're going to watch next week are Captain, uh, I keep saying Captain. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You just want him to have that <laughs> shield so bad, Phil. Get it already. Uh, episode four, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode three, and the big year. So we're, we're going to do a, a triple uh, review next week. So get ready for that. Um, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, let us know if you uh, have some thoughts about something that you've watched on Disney Plus. Or, uh, you know, send us your own review about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mighty Ducks. Tell us why we were wrong. Uh, or what, something you watch on Disney Plus that you think that we need to check out. We'd love to uh, read your comments on the show. Send us an email at DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. And that's P-L-U-S all spelled out. DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. We will see you next week for Falcon, Winter Soldier, Mighty Ducks, and One Big Year. Talk to you then.